Welcome to my office here at the United Episcopal Catholic Communion. I'm Archbishop Brian Putzier, and today we're going to talk about the story of David and Goliath. The grand story of the small shepherd boy David and his triumph over the giant Goliath is one of the highest biblical legend. Our evaluation of the story revolves around the biblical writings and context of the story, and not about the story itself. This evaluation is one of theological theory and is much recorded by many of the greatest biblical scholars. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. This is as it is recorded in 1 Samuel 17, 45-50. The record of Goliath's defeat at the hands of David is found in 1 Samuel 17. However, there is a verse in 2 Samuel that seems to name Elahain instead of David as the one who toppled Goliath. Here's what's clear. 1 Samuel 17.50 says that David killed Goliath. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. The Philistine in this verse is identified as Goliath in verse 4. Here's what's not so clear. In some translations, 2 Samuel 21.19 seems to indicate that it was Elahain, not David, who killed the giant. And there was again war with the Philistines at Gob, and Elahain, the son of Jerorjim, the Bethlehemite, struck down Goliath the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. The size of Goliath's spear shaft is a detail shared by both of these passages. The obvious difference is, who killed Goliath? Was it David or was it Elahain? Unless David and Elahain are different names for the same person, or there are two giants named Goliath, these verses seem to contradict each other. Bringing clarity to the issue is 1 Chronicles 20, verse 5, which says, In another battle with the Philistines, Alehain, son of Jer, killed Mami, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, who had a spear with a shaft like a weaver's rod. This verse repeats the detail of the size of the spear shaft, and it, is clear, and it clearly says that Elahane killed Goliath's brother rather than Goliath himself. But why is there a discrepancy at all? Why does 2 Samuel 21.19 say that Elahane killed Goliath? One viable solution and theory somewhere in the chain of copying the text a scribe made a mistake. The Hebrew word for the brother of might have been incorrectly written. 
which changed the grammar of the entire sentence and led to a problematic sentence structure for the new scribe. The second scribe's attempt to solve the syntactical puzzle produced a reading that omitted the important detail of Goliath's brother. Yet another interesting factor is present, the exact same description of the spear shaft. If the two accounts are not related, why is the description so exacting between the two stories? The issue at hand is confounded by who wrote, edited, and scribed the Samuel text. We know that Samuel's death is described in 1 Samuel verse 25. Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned him, and they buried him at his home in Ramah. According to the Babylonian Talmud, Samuel wrote the book which bears his name. But this source is at best only partially correct, and this is according to Merrill. Since Samuel's death is described in 1 Samuel 25, he was at best the author of of, uh, chapters 1 through 24, with other authors inspired the rest of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. Whoever the human authors were, sources such as the book of Joshar, as well as the Chronicles of Samuel the Seer, the Chronicles of Nathan the Prophet, and the Chronicles of Gad the Seer may well have played a part in the writing of the books of Samuel. To understand these uh, statements in timeline format, we must consider these historical dates. It is difficult to say with certainty when Samuel was written. At least some of the events read like the eyewitness accounts, but others like 1 Samuel 27, verse 6, therefore Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day, suggest a date after the kingdom was already divided. If weight is placed on 1 Samuel 27, 6, then Samuel must have been written after 930 B.C., even a date between 930 and 723 BC, this is according to Neely. If one accepts the Jewish tradition that Samuel, Gad, and Nathan were the human authors, and note that the latest date ever mentioned in 2 Samuel 24 and 25 is 975 BC. This is uh, the date relevant to David's altar at the threshing floor then Samuel may have been written in about 975 B.C., again according to Merrill. So it remains difficult to say with certainty when Samuel was written. We must note very clearly that this is a range of over 253 years. It must clearly understand how many authors and scribes had access to the modifications of the text over that period in time. This time frame is achieved by estimates made based on genealogies appearing in Greek writings. We see here that there are over 750 years between the work of the scribes and possible editing of the accounts recorded in the more ancient of the text. So regarding the story of David and Goliath, what is the truth in the matter? We believe, as our faith dictates, 
the divine inspiration of the authors of the biblical text. Yet while Samuel may have had direct inspiration from God and the Spirit, and possibly Gad and Nathan, how do we count for all the others? The future editors and scribes over many hundreds of years, almost three quarters of a century, that have no name or reference in biblical text. Yet the New Testament and the word of Jesus actually gives us our answer. The Bible describes a whole set of stories that dictate moral and righteous actions of how we should live our lives within the grace of God. Some stories show moral acts, some described immoral acts. God expects us to understand the difference to the best of our limited knowledge and abilities. There are far too many interpretations by theologians which rest upon, we think this is what God meant. Jesus himself made it very clear that no one, not even the apostles, could fully under, understand or comprehend the mind of the Father or the teachings of Jesus himself. Jesus made it clear that is why he taught in parables, as they cannot understand anyways. So what we do not fully understand, our faith in the intent of the story will and must sustain us. Understanding may not be fully required.